I got to tell you guys, I find it absolutely ironic that when it comes to protecting the people of each individual country, I know some countries are better at it than others, and I'm not talking about what's going on right now. I'm talking about in general. It takes weeks, if not months, to decide on passing laws having to do with protecting people. But when you have a sudden operation, Operation Poseidon, where a bunch of countries get together to see what's going on that's causing all this strangeness on deep underwater, the second they find out what it is, all countries agree to classify it. It's quite ironic how it works. So they can agree on that quickly. But when it comes to protecting their own people of their own respective countries, it takes them months. And my point here is this. We've seen this before, guys. We take a look, for example, at the Antarctic Treaty. That's some, and I'm not getting into that right now. That's for a different episode. But that's some very fishy stuff. How every single country can ironically and coincidentally agree with little to no negotiating terms that they're not going to go to Antarctica unless they let other countries know at both a public and a classified level. I don't know. Something's up there, right? So let's jump into it. Now, before I do very quickly, I want to give a shout out to a few people, uh, to Alex Walton, as well as Vivan Sethi. I apologize if I said your guys' names wrong, as well as the crew from Aliens and Stuff show. They've helped me kind of put this together a little more successfully, specifically a gentleman by the name of Spencer. There's three gentlemen on that show. I encourage you guys to check them out. Aliens and Stuff shows what they're called on YouTube. Uh, but Spencer, in his last, in their last episode, really outdid himself with his investigative reporting. So I have to give him respect and credit for that. Now, let's get into it. So when we take a look at Operation Poseidon, if you Google it, just a simple Google, what you're going to find is that there's more than one. You're going to say, okay, wait, usually operations are just one encompassing thing. And if there's more to it than that, usually it acts as an overarching umbrella. And then there's kind of sub operations underneath it. You might say, right, okay. However, this is a little bit different than the Antarctic Treaty in the sense that this particular scenario here with Operation Poseidon was conducted by multiple different countries in correspondence with one another, particularly with NASA and NOAA. So you might say, okay, what is NASA? I mean, obviously, most of us know National Aeronautics and Space Administration. But then if we ask and see what does NOAA mean, it's the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration. Okay. So what we're going to notice here is that there's a lot of pieces to the puzzle we got to connect. Now, as of very recently... Multiple news outlets have reported strange low-frequency waves rippling around the world. Now, is this connected with strange humming sounds that people are hearing all over the world and posting online? It's very possible. I wouldn't rule it out. However, we have to get a little more specific to understand Operation Poseidon. So, and I quote, this is from newsintact.com. On November 11th, earthquake sensors stationed across the planet picked up this unidentifiable or rather unexplainable wave that seemed to shake everything. The cause of this disturbance is not yet known, but it is believed officially that the wave is somehow linked to an ongoing swarm of seismic activity that has been shaking the Indian Ocean archipelago of Mayotte for months and months, end quote. Okay, we got to break this down. First, we have to look at the obvious. Military experimentation, absolutely possible. 100%. I would put 60 to 70% personally of the odds of this being military on that. Not necessarily the US government, but we have to consider that. Now, let's move forward a little bit. And by moving forward, actually, we have to take a step back in terms of the overall timeline. So if we jump back to 1999, what we're going to find is that there were nine Russian hikers, okay, that essentially went hiking. And they pretty much went to a place called Dyatlov Pass. And now this is an incident that has been classified by the Russian government. But here's the thing about these people who did survive. Some of them died. 
However, the few that did survive had their eyes pulled out when they were found, their sockets were already removed, skulls were fractured, and the Russian government said, quote, this seemed to be an abnormal natural incident, end quote. Bullshit, part of my English. No chance in hell. You might say, okay, Dave, why do I say why do I why are you saying that? I say this because if we take a step back in the same year as this occurrence, and maybe there's a connection, maybe there isn't, but just hear me out here. On March the 1st, 1999, NOAA detected a mysterious sound in the ocean. They claimed the source of the sound was most likely a large iceberg that had run aground off Antarctica. However, photos from NASA's Apollo 33A5 captured a large shadow moving in the southwest section of Cape Cadre at the same time that the sound was recorded. The photos, which remain classified reportedly show that this shadow is about twice as large as the Empire State Building. So, let's just do some basic math here and head to Wikipedia. How big is the Empire State Building? It has a height of 1,250 feet or 380 meters. Sorry, my my apologies. It's a total of 1,454 with 443 meters tall. Okay, that's huge. Think of something, two and a half of those, give or take, Something twice the size of that. The largest whale on the planet is not even close to the size of the Empire State Building. That is ridiculously insane. Now, there was a journalist who I don't want to name for the sake of, I don't want to get sued, (laughs) that went, because uh, she's still around to this day, that tried to use the Freedom of Information Act to make this public. All right. She then used it because it, it then got taken to court, federal court. NASA then claimed they lost the files. No chance in hell. So this is kind of giving an example to you guys of a few different things here. First off, this kind of gives this over-encompassing reassurance, uh, uncomforting reassurance rather, that the Freedom of Information Act is nothing but a load of crap. It only works in their favor when they want it to, and it only works in the people's favor when they allow it to. It's as simple as that. When it comes down to revealing things that they really don't want to give up, we lost the files too bad. What are you going to do? It's as simple as that. One individual, no matter how reputable and how credible they are as a journalist, cannot fight the entire U.S. government, let alone just one agency in there, right? So moving forward, here's the next thing I want to discuss. So this was now codenamed Julia. That is the only information I could get out of this these classified files. Could not get the photos, wish I could, called up some people that I know that have access to some of these things, didn't end up panning out, they couldn't get it. Okay, so if we move forward, what we're going to find here is that there was also a Russian-Siberian incident where Russian divers went to explore a UFO crash in Siberia. They then ended up finding what seemed to be, according to some of these divers who the Russian government had poisoned afterwards, coincidentally, right, that they discovered some humanoid looking beings underwater clearly with the ability to swim in a very expertise based fashion so essentially saying pretty much that these creatures were very adaptable to the underwater world are they from deep underground in our ocean very possible are they from outer space are they from another planet but their genetics over time have just been that of one that can adapt more to an aquatic environment very possible Very, very possible. I'd probably go with the underground thing a little bit more than that. However, what they discovered here, these Russian Siberian divers, and by the way, this this was a sub-project of Operation Poseidon. They tried to approach these humanoid-like beings. 
Allegedly, they were anywhere from 7 to 12 feet tall based on what the divers could see. These beings then took their hands and gave a pushing motion. And all of a sudden, these divers were thrown back and pushed up to the surface. A couple of them died because of the, 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 the pressure. And a couple of them survived. That's all we know. Russia then classified the incident and said pretty much it was a, an unexplainable natural anomaly. Come on. Let's be honest with ourselves here, guys, right? So, what we then have to ask ourselves is this. This team, part of Operation Poseidon, was not just one team, was multiple teams. What happened to these teams, right? Why can't we ask them what happened? So, I got a hold of someone who got in contact with someone else who knows one of these former members, and they had said their families were threatened, so they cannot speak about it. Now, again, I, I wish I could disclose the source, but I cannot. However... What we have to understand is that this is a basic form of a cover-up that multiple countries are aware of. And the question then becomes, what was the existence of such an occurrence to be taken place underwater? Has this been going on for many, many years? Was this here long before we were? Are these slowly but surely genetically modified humans over the course of many years that then moved underground? We have to ask these questions, as ridiculous as they might sound, because when we think about it, over the course of hundreds of thousands and ultimately millions of years, humans evolve. It's, it's true, whether it's just a quick addition or subtraction of a finger or a toenail, or not a toenail, uh, a toe or something like this, humans do evolve to adapt to their environment. Now, there's also a theory that these beings underground may in fact be our source of origination because when we take a step back and we look scientifically and purely objectively in an unbiased way, what we're going to find is that humans in general are not really made to adapt to this life on earth over here. And what I mean is you might say, okay, Dave, hold on, you're wrong. Just hear me out, guys. When you take a look, and all you got to do is do a quick Google search and look at all the attributes that humans have physically and what our bodies have. We're not made to be exposed to sunlight for as long as we normally do. Now, yes, do we adapt? Granted, that's fine. But the question then becomes, did we come from underground and evolve to above ground and there were still some remnants of humanoids and genetic ancestral descendants that remained underground? Or did we come from another planet, right? Was there some type of star seeding of sorts? That's been discussed all the time as well. And so one of the best examples I could probably give you guys, and I know it's a, it's, it's a film, is the film Underwater with Kristen Stewart that came out this past January 2020. Now, I know it's not the best film in the world in terms of a story. It's an hour and a half, jumps right into it, gives a perfect idea of how corporations are drilling for oil underwater. They come across certain beings and creatures that they didn't know existed before. Then it ends up killing these these humans, and I'm not going to give it away. And Anything I'm saying here is not really spoiling, spoiling the film. But And then they classify all of it. They try to use the Freedom of Information Act to have it released. Doesn't work. Everything's classified. Doesn't matter. Get the hell out. As they say, I'm about to swear here. Fuck you. It's classified. Part of my English. So when we see this and we look and we say, okay, what's going on here? We also have to understand that in the Dyatlov incident of 1959, nine college students mysteriously died in the Russian tundra and two were missing their eyes and another had their tongue ripped out and four others had high doses of radiation on their clothing. This is the most important part. The Soviet Union called it an unknown and compelling natural force and promptly closed the case. 
Again, the files were then transferred to NOAA and NASA because we know for a fact, based on multiple testimonies of many different projects, the Russians and the, the Americans are closer than many of us might think. All right. But the thing that caught my attention the most that I want to finish up before I end this episode was the high doses of radiation on their clothing. Why is it that there seems to be a deep connection between radiation, electromagnetic frequencies, and different types of energy, whether we're talking about paranormal incidences or mysterious anomalistic incidences or scientific discovery incidences? And why is it that Operation Poseidon with all these countries were so silent about it? No country came out and officially said it existed. It is official. It is on record. But the documents, I think there's like two blank pages. If you take a look into the files, there's nothing there on a public level. All right. And so when we combine this with the fact that scientists have fully admitted they have no idea what's going on underground, at least on a public level, and they're finding publicly new fish and new different types of creatures underwater that have not been found before. What does that tell us? What does that tell you? What does that tell myself? We have to look at all of the aspects here. Now, in some cases, yes, could some of these survivors have literally just murdered each other for the sake of going crazy? Absolutely. We got to look at all the angles, but consider this with a grain of salt, but with serious consideration at the same time. The harnessing of frequencies, whether it's paranormal or military or alien or what have you, seems to be the constant reoccurrence here. And that is something I try to revitalize on my show and regurgitate as often as I can. Not because I'm trying to be annoying, but because I want to explain to you guys that frequencies seem to be the answer. And that is why, if I were to branch off quickly, very quickly, what we'll notice is that human suppression through the use of institutional religion, and I mean no disrespect to people who have strong religious beliefs. I encourage it in many different ways, but that's for another conversation. People who have strong intu intuitive religious beliefs tend to be that of one in which harnesses energy only in the way that that institution tells them. But why is it that those institutions, and I won't mention any names, <coughs> Vatican, <laughs> why is it that those institutions are the same ones that tell their followers, their loyal followers, no, 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 you can't read the book of Enoch, don't mess with the tarot cards, don't start doing this and that. And what I'm trying to say here is that the frequencies aligned with that of the vibrational brains and radiation adds up to something far more superior than what we think. An untapped potential in our bodies, something of, of the sort, who knows? We have to see, could it be something that's being experimented with these bio soldiers? Absolutely. Now, the last thing I want to cover is that the people who went down in Operation Poseidon, many, many divers, allegedly black ops people, Navy SEALs, right, were harnessing and utilizing extremely advanced suits. And we're talking here, okay, back in the late 90s, maybe early 2000s, depending how long this op operation went on for, which unfortunately I couldn't find out the exact time frame. However, they utilized these suits that were able to withstand extremely deep pressures. Now, we have not been able to get any photographs of the suits, so the pictures I'm putting up right now to tell you guys and to be truthful with you guys are completely fabricated they're just concept designs and some are taken from films and what have you but the idea here is that these suits are able to withstand pressures that science scientists say on a public level is not possible so we're only scratching the surface here guys and again we got to look at all angles we got to look at all possibilities and i apologize if i went a little bit all over the place but it's a lot to connect and it's a lot to understand, but at the same time, it's very vital that we know this. So thank you so much, guys, for watching, and we will catch you guys tomorrow. Peace.